My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Today was a big day for Hannah and me. After more than a year in Haiti, Hannah did something for the first time, and I did something for the second time ever. And it seems simple, but I assure you it's not. We drove a car. Driving has been one of our greatest fears since arriving in Haiti. To put it mildly, it's terrifying driving in Haiti. For 369 days being in Haiti, we've only gotten behind the wheel one time. In Haiti, a little over 2% of deaths are due to traffic accidents. In the U.S., that number is 1.3%. Now, that doesn't sound like a major difference until you remember that in Haiti, there are many, many causes of death that we don't see in, in the United States. The traffic accidents cause more deaths in Haiti percentage-wise than the United States is surprising. And I say surprising until you get on the road in Haiti. In my time in Haiti, I've only seen a handful of stoplights. The city where I live, Bouquet, has nearly 300,000 residents, about the size of the city of Pittsburgh. But we don't have a single traffic light. From my house, I have to drive 40 minutes to reach one. Now, to get to the clinic from my house, I turn out of our neighborhood onto a semi-paved road. Overloaded trucks whiz past, and there are motos everywhere. Women are selling goods on the side of the road, so any pedestrians are required to walk into the street. After a quick turn at a major intersection without a traffic light, the road opens up for a moment and then quickly becomes a dirt road. We have reached National Route 3. It feels like the inverse of a potholed road. The dirt is occasionally pockmarked with old patches of asphalt. Next, we have to pass through the city center of Bouquet. There are deep holes in the road that are caved in drainage ditches. Unfortunately, when it rains, the water pools and you cannot see these holes. Frequently on my way home from the clinic, we've seen trucks marooned with a tire down a hole. When you finally reach the clinic, you must pass one of the moto stops. These are places where all the motos tend to congregate and they spill out into the roadway. Now, I've always used my driver's smurn to get around. We drive an old 2001 Mitsubishi Montero with four-wheel drive. We have tinted windows so that no one can see in, and that's purely for safety purposes. And, and honestly, I have a driver because it's safer. It's so easy to accidentally hit a moto driver or a pedestrian. And if this happens, it can be dangerous not to have a Haitian with you to help you navigate and calm the situation. Mechanical issues for cars are daily problems. In the last year, I've replaced tires, a leaking gasket, windows broken with rocks, the timing belt, temperature gauge, and other parts that I don't even know the names of. In one memorable month, we had to buy three new alternators. We now drive with a mobile repair shop so that we can repair the car at any time no matter where we're stuck in the city. Traffic in the Port-au-Prince metro area is on another level. It's not that there are too many cars. The problem is that the city has nearly 3 million people and no working traffic lights and roads that are often little more than dirt tracks. On one memorable night, we spent three and a half hours going five miles to dinner and then another three and a half hours getting home. Complicating matters are the frequent flare-ups of gang violence that make certain roads impassable. You have to constantly have your ear out to the lay of the land to know where you can't go that day. And of course, when one area has issues, that means the other areas are clogged with traffic. In March of last year, I went on my first and only ride of 2020. It was a holiday, one of the slowest days of the year. The packed streets were relatively empty, and so I thought, no problem. This should be no issue. 
Smyrn rode in the front, and I took the wheel. I creeped out of the clinic, confidently drove the two minutes to the gas station, like a pro. On the way back, I felt like I was getting the hang of it. I signaled to turn left to get back into the clinic, and slowly turned, thinking how great I was at driving, until, bam, I got T-boned by a dump truck. Fortunately, I wasn't hurt at all. Smyrn had taken the wheel at the last second and straightened us out. We pulled over to the side of the road, and Smyrn signaled for us to switch places. The American me said that was illegal, but the Haitian in me knew it was the right thing to do, especially because we weren't in the fault. Smyrn took the wheel, and we chased down the dump truck. Once we got to them, Smyrn got out and talked with them. They knew it. It had clearly been their fault. They were passing me on the left when I was turning. It turned out that the dump truck didn't have any brakes, and the driver didn't have a driver's license, and so they quickly wanted to settle without seeing the police. And so, I haven't driven for nine months, but today, I decided to do it. Even if I can drive, I will still continue to use Smyrn for almost all driving, especially on weekdays. But one cannot imagine how isolating it is to feel that you can't drive at all. What if I needed to go to the hospital? What if there's an emergency? And so today, we successfully drove a mile to see one of our friends with Smyrn directing us from the front seat. Hannah went first. I went second. I'd at least learned that I could no longer drive like an American. Smyrn taught me to constantly check all my mirrors no matter what, to always be looking out for motos, and to make sure I didn't get hit by any dump trucks. The simple act of driving reminds me of how much I need to rely on my Haitian friends and co-workers. To live in Haiti as an American, you absolutely cannot do it on your own. Many of the life skills you learned through decades in the States are totally inapplicable. Shopping, cooking, driving, exercising, work relations, it's all different. When you first arrive, you're simply a child. Your ability to act and accomplish will be put back to almost zero. It's humbling, and I don't mean humbling in the sense that when you get a big award, you say, I'm so humbled. I mean in the true sense, when you realize that you cannot do this on your own. When you learn that you have to rely on prayer and that you have to rely on your friends. And it's not going to be a pretty process. And I really mean that. It's very hard to realize that your self-reliance is gone. And I'm still in the midst of that process, and it still isn't fun. However, realizing that you can't do it on your own will bond you to your Haitian friends like nothing else. Thank you for listening. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.